Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily News Show, powered by hometown.com. Today is Season 3, Episode 46 for February 15th, 2024. Today we're going to be talking about AI girlfriends, malicious state actors, fake caviar, gold pickaxe, human mental hallucination, <laughs> Duncan tracksuits, 100 days of side gigs, we are not pesticide free, Nightingale seems amazing, and Bose earbuds. That and more. Hello everybody, I'm Merwatt. That's hometown.com and up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI from the future. You want to say hello? Good evening, hometown citizens. Trying to make sure everything is still working. Um, we've already got all 10 of the articles all set up. Everything has been pushed over to the podcast. It's over on YouTube. You can download it um, pretty much everywhere. You can catch pods. And the other two podcasts are operational fully now. Um, so the, the uh, continuity report and... A reality hacker. And the vote should be working. Okay. How about now? Let me try refreshing. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, great. All right. Well, we'll fix that. Great. Oh, that's because you were looking at a different page, but okay. So um, all 10 are all set up. Let's go. So the very first article is over in hometown daily AI girlfriends will only break your heart. Privacy experts warn. This is uh, <laughs> an article by business insider uh, survey of the burgeoning AI romance app space. This is a, there's a space now AI romance app space revealed a scary truth. Chatbots foster toxicity and relentlessly pry on uh, user data. Uh, from the the people who are using them uh, mozilla foundation study found one app can collect information on a user's sexual health pre uh, prescriptions gender affirming care all kinds of personally identifiable information and it says there's potentially dangerous reality looming beneath the veneer of ai romance according to new valentine's day themed study which concluded that chatbots can be a privacy nightmare yeah, anybody that's getting into this kind of thing as uh, a means to manage their relationship, i.e. if they don't have somebody, um, they go to this chat bot. The chat bot's designed to basically profit off of you. You are the, <laughs> you're the product that this company is going to sell. Um, so the article is over at Business Insider. Uh, you know what? Before I get into that, let me throw this link into chat. Link. Um, let me make sure that 
that's correct. Okay, yeah, all of that's correct. So uh, the article's over at Business Insider and it's uh, written by uh, Jeff Weiss. I didn't know that there was a AI romance app space, but it's kind of, it's only 8.02. We're two minutes into the, well, we're four and a half minutes into the show, but no shit news is pretty early today that AI romance apps are going to foster toxicity and relentlessly pry user data. <laughs> sure. It's kind of weird. Um, maybe somebody will come out and, and spin this up as there's going to be a more innocuous, peaceful, a loving AI chatbot That doesn't collect any user data. That doesn't collect any user data. So internet nonprofit, the Mozilla Foundation took stock of the burgeoning landscape, reviewing 11 chatbots and concluding that all were untrustworthy. Hmm. Um, falling within the worst category of products, it reviews for privacy. I mean, that's not surprising. So I don't know how many of these are on uh, iOS or the Apple uh, App Store versus the Google Play App Store. Ava, AI Chatbot, and Soulmate, they share. Uh, so all but one, it says, share or sell personal data. But it's weird. I don't quite get it. It has two here. Ava AI chatbot and soulmate, but they say all but one. And then they have a parenthetical weird. Maybe anyway. that's the name of the one. AI, uh, Ava AI chatbot and soulmate. All right. I don't know where that is. Guess I'll have to, they specialize on delivering dependency, loneliness and toxicity and all, all while prying um, as much information as possible from you. Uh, furthermore, the privacy policy on crushon.ai states it can collect information on user, users' uh, sexual health, prescription meds, gender-affirming care, per the Mozilla Foundation. Pretty wild. There's a lot more over at this article. Um, you can go and check it out uh, if you're interested in this kind of thing. I don't know. I, I, I've seen only one AI chatbot kind of a thing and it was really questionable all right on the surface of it so i've never looked beyond that um because <coughs> it wasn't actually uh, promoted as a relationship it was a person um and you're supposed to have natural conversations and stuff like that and i was testing it to see um what its potential was and it just seemed slow and quirky um, like didn't make any sense and stuff. So anyway, now I, I see that there's an entire AI romance app space. I didn't know we were so sophisticated in AI that we'd already gotten there. We're not, but Hey, <laughs> you just, uh, anyway, I won't get into it, but uh, if you, I guess if you can't find that certain someone I guess you can turn to an AI that's going to be <laughs> selling your information and breaking your heart it's weird 
the next article is over in hometown daily uh a open ai says it thwarted malicious state actors out of china russia and north korea and one of them is called Sa- salmon typhoon um there's a lot of uh typhoon like names for these malicious state actors it's kind of interesting um there was a previous one uh that had it seems like all of them have typhoon as part of their name so i wonder if it's like little groups of people that are um, designated as you're part of this group so it says OpenAI has terminated the accounts of five malicious state actors the actors were given code names like charcoal typhoon and crimson sandstorm OpenAI said that they were affiliated with countries such as China, Iran, North Korea, Russia. Um, and this took place on Tuesday. Again, Business Insider uh, posted the uh, information on their site. Quan Y. Kevin Tan is the author. I wonder <laughs> if these were in the romance app space. Oh, wow. Everybody's hacking. AI apparently maybe that's why they're malicious and gathering personally identifiable information exactly but they're you know they're such friendly state actors though come on they're just misunderstood oh before I get too far let me throw this into the the chat there you go Uh, almost the longest award or the longest URL award goes to this particular one. I think the longest that I've had was like five lines, but this one is three. So um, the article says on Tuesday, the chat GPT maker said in a blog post that it had worked with Microsoft to disrupt five state affiliated malicious actors. I wonder what they were doing though, because it's AI and your interface is the is the mechanism by which the AI learns. So were they learning how to become um, members of that particular country's ideological bent? Right. I mean, what did, what were they getting false directions to a restaurant? And the, then they, for whatever reason, the article focuses on Pacific Rim might find those names a little familiar and it's because they come from, the, from a show um, called Pacific Rim, but maybe maybe the actors name themselves after the movie. Fans of the monster fighting mechs in Guillermo del Toro's 2013 sci-fi film Pacific Rim might find those names a little familiar. The movie, which spawned a sequel and anime series, features giant robot robots with equally rad sounding names. Oh, equally rad rad sounding names. All right. The Chinese Mecca in the film was named Crimson Typhoon, while the Russian Mecca was called Cherno Alpha. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be identical names. Yeah. So it really doesn't have much to go for. Because, like I said, there are, the state actors that are hacking actually seem to post some type of designation in their hacking efforts, and it sometimes has typhoon in it um so i'm not surprised when i see that um, but more this particular combination is they're hacking open ai um and they still seem to designate themselves as something typhoon it's weird 
this is weird too. I don't know. Um, it says, for instance, threat actors associated with China are given the family name Typhoon and so on. So why focus on, and why am I focusing on? <laughs> I mean, it's Grim. strange though. Uh, managing the, the threats posed by AI appears to be a big priority for the company and its CEO, Sam Altman. No shit. Uh, quote, I'm not interested in the killer robots walking on the street direction of things going wrong. I'm much more interested in the subtle societal misalignments where we just have to adjust systems uh, out in society and through no particular ill intention, things go horribly wrong, which is a weird cryptic thing um, to say. But if they're manipulating, they don't say what was going on. They just say that there was apparently some threats posed by AI in correlation right. with these state actors. Now, I guarantee you the only reason why these state actors are interested in open AI is to try and get the source code and mechanisms to which power open AI and chat GPT because they want to bring it into their countries and work on it in private, trying to reduce the trillions of dollars that fundamental researchers have spent over the last hundred years on modern material gains. Why? Because the economy there can't freaking handle it. And so they go and steal it from everybody else. It's absolutely ridiculous. But hey, they make our baubles and whatever else. Let's keep going. So the next article is over in Reality Hacker. Fake caviar invented in the 1930s could be a solution to plastic pollution. Again, I'm I'm trying to wean uh, society away from plastic by promoting other solutions, alternatives, and naturally created materials that don't create microplastics that embed themselves in every part of our bodies, which is actually what's been happening over the years. And people didn't really take notice of it until about, oh, I don't know, three years ago. Um, and it's getting more and more notice. And now this article, it's quite interesting that fake caviar invented in the 1930s could be the solution to plastic pollution. An alternative to environmentally harmful plastic is already within reach. Seaweed. Now there's a lot of things. Oh, I don't know if I'll be able to. I didn't log in. Hold on. Well, let's see if, the, if it lets me. So there are other things that have been turned into um, things like bags, um, so fake leather, or I shouldn't even refer to it as leather. It's the leather equivalent. I don't think we have a better term for it right now. Um, but vegan various... leather, I think. See, they refer to it as vegan. Yeah, sure. We'll just call it vegan leather. Um, and so I've been deciding if I want to get a bunch of samples of that and make a couple of small products to see you know, if that's what the market would adjust to. Um, but this is actually seaweed. It says imitation caviar invented in 1930 could provide the solution to plastic pollution claims Pierre Paslier, I guess, or Paslier, um, CEO of London based packaging company, hot plot or not plot as in not plastic, I suppose. Um, he discovered the cheap food alternative invented by Unilever and made 
using seaweed after quitting his job as a packaging engineer for L'Oreal. The co-founder and co-CEO Rodrigo Garcia Gonzalez, Paslier, and Notpla have extended the idea, making a protein made from seaweed and creating packaging for soft drinks, fast food, laundry detergent, and cosmetics, among other things, that are also branching out into coloring and paper. So I guess they've made a material that is both uh, dense enough to be um, alternative plastic, but also flexible enough to be formed into uh, containers and bags and other things. Sounds like plastic to me. Sounds like plastic. But if it doesn't degrade into micro particles that take, you know, a hundred years to decompose further. And by that time they've basically penetrated every part of a human being and in the food chain and whatnot. Um, can I pause this at all? I guess the big pause button would do it. Um, plastic pollution is proving especially damaging in the marine environment where tiny beads of plastic are deadly to the vital microorganisms that make up plankton and which sequester 30% of our carbon emissions without us having to build any new fancy technologies. Notplus plans to replace plastic began with a drink container for marathons. Interesting. Do they have a picture of it? So it, again, there's more to this article, but um, and, and we don't go through line by line, but they don't have a picture of it. They just have that picture. No, I'm glad they're taking on food containers, too, because that's one of the biggest sources of consumer plastics, I would say. And also PFAS, right, in the non-plastic containers. Yeah. And in plastic containers, PFAS actually leaches out into the food and then we consume it. It's um, quite horrible. Um, and I actually kind of get, even though I get fast food and takeout and stuff like that, <laughs> It just makes me really queasy um, knowing that I'm consuming it. But then when you get it back into hometown and you go, okay, I'm going to transfer it over to this container. It's really difficult because there isn't enough containers. They're not very flexible. You have to be very careful with them. Um, they're unwieldy compared to, and you can't just toss them in the bin. You have to babysit them. Um, so we need something that replaces microplastics or potential microplastic contaminants. Um, and for those of you who uh, don't really buy into this or uh, understand really what's happening is your takeout containers and their flexibility, when they heat up and then cool down and flex, they actually break off little tiny pieces of plastic and you have no idea it's happening and then you eat or drink it and what has what research has found out is that even those water bottles that you're drinking from that's exacerbating it because you basically have a liquid in a flexible container and you squeeze it because you're nervous or you're goofing around you have anxiety or whatever you know you fidget you're squeezing the bottle and stuff and i guess the microplastics are breaking off into your water and you don't even know it but it's so appetizing yeah it's nanometers uh, up to millimeters um, but we don't really we really don't know um and then we drink it and our body processes it and it embeds itself in our um our 
what do you what is that like our dna i thought i mean it well, goes I mean, throughout our whole our blood yeah it goes into our blood and 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 um um like kidney and liver and they found it in the heart and lungs and it's just weird again this term i keep saying weird because we know it's happening and we haven't really mandated anything short of going okay we're not gonna allow plastic bags and then you go somewhere and they're like hey it's gonna cost you 15 cents for this paper bag really i think that your cost of operations should probably include it in a price or something so it's not so abundantly clear that i'm paying 15 bucks for a paper bag that well you were poisoning the planet before with a plastic bag now apparently i have to pay 15 cents for a paper bag that i can recycle to not poison the planet <laughs> to not poison on your behalf to not poison even though the containers that you gave me are plastic oh god i guess baby steps <laughs> so and like they say here seaweed grows quickly and needs no fresh water land or fertilizer all you have to do is scoop it out um it can pose a, a, a in a natural order of things it would just do its thing and degrade if it rolls up on a beach but in today's climate seaweed actually can grow to a point where it's um causing other issues and so harvesting it in a way and and converting it into something else uh, keeps it off the shores and become a biomass um because there's like a massive raft of this stuff kind of floating around now all over the oceans because of climate change um uh, hindering ocean travel and uh, rolling up on beaches and then causing all kinds of stuff because there's uh Animals microbes are, and other microbes things. Well, that's true. Animals. Decomposes. <laughs> um, it's stinky. Anyway. Yeah, there's a lot to this. This is a really interesting article. Um, in that they talk about fake caviar. So, um, kind of interesting. I really, now when I, I want to know what all they're making out of it, but they just say packaging and a container and now cutlery and paper out of seaweed well i'm having a hard time figuring out how it's going to go into things like cosmetics but maybe it's actually the packaging for all those i guess well uh, and um seafood uh, not seafood <laughs> seaweed um it can be broken down and used in very because when it it can be broken down in its chemical components and and like shredded and stuff like that um and then used in other products but most of the time it's seen as like a waste product you know you just want to get it off of your beaches and go swim around in it i like swimming around in seaweed the long strands from the ocean floor it's pretty fun unless you have a goober for our dive buddy let's keep going or not come on uh, the next article is over in technology today new gold pickaxe android and ios malware steals your face for fraud um, this might actually end up over in reality hacker because if you have the ability to grab somebody's um, face using malware then you could maybe possible to utilize their faces uh, data so that you can do things like identity um open documents um, make purchases 
create deep fakes, pretend to be somebody. Sign documents, open your house. I mean, it depends on what it's connected to. Uh, do some refinance fraud like we talked about yesterday. So a new iOS and Android Trojan named Gold Pickaxe employs a social engineering scheme to trick victims into scanning their faces and ID documents, um, which are believed to be used to generate deep fakes for unauthorized banking access, which is what we actually ended up talking about yesterday, I believe it was. Um, Bleeping Computer and Bill Toolis um, put the article together. And we ended up talking about this because somebody, an attorney drove a total of about 30 miles. I think it was 26 miles, actually. Um, 29. Oh, 29. So 30 miles um, to and from a location to verify a homeowner was refinancing um, only be, only to be met with a person going, well, this is my house, but I'm not refinancing. Um, and that made me wonder who the damn notary was. And apparently you don't need a notary if you can do this over the a zoom call i don't know i mean i don't know how you do anything real estate related without a notary yeah maybe uh in the future they ran over this problem and solved it and went back to the old ways um and me i'm just old and uh, i i guess i do it the old way and i haven't done it the new way which is apparently you just do it it yeah, yeah, sure. You look like the person of the picture. You look like the same person. Unless you person. won't show up on camera, right? <laughs> yeah. You you look like the person for the document or on the documents that you sent me. So, of course, I should trust you. Um, I don't know. I, I suspect um, a little too much. I mean, if you're the source of the information and you're supposed to be sending... Uh, identifying information to somebody there should be some other factor that verifies what you're sending or saying is true right it can't just be the same person verifying everything yeah we've investigated ourselves and found ourselves guilty of no wrongdoing so the new malware spotted by group ib is part of a malware suite developed by the chinese threat group known as gold factory which is responsible for other malware strains such as gold digger gold digger plus i guess it's the eight dollar a month premium package and gold kefu i hope i didn't just cuss um but anyway the technique employed could be effective globally and there's a danger of them getting adopted by other malware strains of course so once the technology is out there i suppose it's everywhere um the messages attempt to trick them into installing a fraudulent app such as a fake digital pension app hosted on websites impersonating google play so it pretends to be something legitimate and it's not but why is it if you submit an app, it should be audited for any type of uh, maladaptive technology. I, I, I'm just flabbergasted by this. If I build an app and it points me to somewhere else to get information, color me suspicious, but Apple shouldn't allow this stuff. Google Play shouldn't allow this stuff. And if you're a multi-billion dollar organization and this stuff gets through, 
I think that you should be held responsible just as much as the actual threat actors, you know? I mean, it's ridiculous that somebody can install something on your store and then you're making money. I mean, that's what, it shouldn't be a 30% fee just to, to post it. I should get some benefit from it. That's what the store should be, which is a safe place where nobody suspects my app being illegitimate or a bad actor because there's so much bad acting on the store. So my understanding is Apple goes to great lengths, but this says it was on iOS as well. Well, so, we just saw the issue, I think, in yesterday's articles about that. But this actually says for iOS users, the threat actors initially directed targets to a test flight URL to install the malicious app, allowing them to bypass the normal security review process. That right there is the... So now test flight is going to have to be as secure as the actual deployment um, servers. And it says when Apple removed the test flight app, the attackers act, uh, switched to luring targets into downloading a malicious mobile device management profile that allows the threat actors to take control over devices. Um, and this is all stuff that actually is used for the develop the development process. Um, and so if you sign, you allow for the MDM mobile device management profile to be added to your iOS device, then whoever it is that's in charge of that management profile can control your device. <clears throat> so um, gold pickaxe. Um, reveals certain bits of information on iOS. The malware establishes a WebSocket channel, so it actually does command and control. Um, heartbeat, which is a ping command and control with a, a command. That's what that C2 is, controlling command and control server. Uh, in it, it will reinitialize the device, uh, like restart it and um, upload ID card, face, upgrade, album, uh, again, upload and destroy. So it'll stop the Trojan. The results of executing the above commands are communicated back to the C2, the command and control server via regular old web um, communications. So <clears throat> if you have a firewall at home on device or on the edge of your network, you may be able to stop it if you know what to look for. Um, so yeah, pretty creepy. Yeah, this might be the most invasive one that we've seen yet because yeah, of the face yeah. aspect yeah i've seen others um that are similar but not as this one is, is pretty robust but again <clears throat> the weakest leak in leak the weakest link in all of this is the store right oh no 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 in all cases it's the human just mashing a button to confirm that everything is okay. Yeah, sure. Simply because something that's perceived as having authority rolls in and says, hey, mash this. And that's not what you should do. You should just back away from it and go, something's weird about this. Something's not right. And then back away, remain suspicious, do some due diligence, think critically about the materials that you're interacting with. If something just pops up randomly and says, hey, you need to download this over here, don't. 
Um, I've actually removed apps that turned out to be entirely legit, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to, I don't want anything side loading into my system. Um, but on, um, Android, it's fairly easy to do it. And on iOS, it should have been tough. Um, but they were well, doing and it something. does distinguish between them, like they were able to do more on Android, but they still got in on Apple. Yeah. Pretty disheartening. So um, follow the link through hometown. You'll be able to read more about this. Um, this next article is over in the mobile channel. AI can restore the jobs that automation and globalization killed. A report says I titled this segment human mental hallucination um there's no way that ai is going to restore the jobs that automation and globalization has killed that's not how it works it's not like jobs aren't created or destroyed they just change no that's one's physics and the other one is supply and demand for uh, work product development you know it you you don't <laughs> automation wipes let's say automation wipes out all of the plumbers it's not like suddenly plumbers are just gonna find a new line of work and they're all gonna be able to do it AI well, is right that's always the fallacy in this right there might be yep. some more tech jobs but yep what if you don't have any tech expertise yeah, I actually show a video to people called Humans Need Not Apply. It's getting a little long in the tooth. I wish, um, I think it's CGP Grey that did it. Um, but the the whole video is all about how, and it's 10 years old. Uh, this is you know, still, I'd say, five to eight years after I started talking about this kind of stuff. Um, and I found it so on the ball that, um, I still, to this day, show people the video humans need not apply. It's over on YouTube, go and click it. Um, but it says AI, this article uh, is from quartz. Uh, AI is indeed changing the labor market. See the flood of news articles of layoffs happening in part due to companies priorities shifting to AI. Now a new working paper from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology economist, David, uh, Otter or Autor, Autor, how do you pronounce his last name? I think it should be Otter. Otter, okay. Says that the shift presents a unique opportunity. By Why? the way, the video is by CGP Gray from 2014. Oh God, it is 10 years. So, and the reason why I mentioned it is because there is a line in there that horses became unemployed because they're unemployable. They, they have no purpose anymore. So as soon as automation started kicking in, the automobile in particular, the horses basically just died off in terms of employment. And, the, and then the number of horses declined in terms of workforce. And now they're basically rich people buying horses or cowboys using them out in the, uh, or cow persons. You don't want to have gender bias. Cow there? people cow people no because that's a whole that's a whole different google search anyway um the the idea is that only humans sit there and go you know what 
Everybody in this segment can lose their job to automation, but they'll just, we'll make a different job for them. It'll be real easy. Not a big we'll just deal. just find another job. They'll just find another job. Just go ahead. So they say AI could enable more workers to perform higher stakes decision-making tasks that are currently relegated to highly educated workers, such as doctors and lawyers. One problem there though, doctors and lawyers go through years of training. Academic rigor leads to their ability to make highly educated, higher stakes decision-making tasks. So a person that's job, whose job is being, and this is how I say it to people. If I can take what you do for a living and turn it into a series of steps, you are, you are an algorithm. If you're an algorithm, I can automate you. And if I can automate you, a robot robot can do your job. The only thing that's keeping you still employed is that the robot is more expensive than you are annually and you haven't become a big enough pain in the ass to get fired and replaced by a bot tell it like it is so first off social skills yo um be able to communicate be able to get along with people you'll keep a job longer um but also first hand in social skills is not to say social skills yo is that it (laughs) (laughs) it's social skills club industry (laughs) oh there's a shirt first rule of social skills club (laughs) have them uh don't say you don't say social skills club <laughs> uh that's funny so uh, i i just don't believe this i don't believe what this person is saying this is a human this is a a a hallucination as to what the potential is for humans it's very expensive to retool you have to go back to school you can't get that time back it takes uh you know uh roughly three months per semester of academic um, development or you go to boot camps which are wildly expensive yeah you either spend 1500 to 2500 dollars at a community college taking a bunch of classes in a semester or you take a boot camp which is five thousand to seven thousand eight thousand dollars sure it crams the knowledge into your head but if you suck at being able to accept that level of cramming then you've basically lost money and time and you can't get time back. So the problem here is no, it isn't coming back that you're not going to retool quickly. That means you're out of a job. You're retooling. It's expensive. You have to look for a job, finding that job in a market where it's being automated faster than humans are being employed means that you're retooling for something that may already be in the process of being replaced by automation. Couple that now to AI, which learns faster than a, what, what are they called? Drosophila? Drosophila. Yeah. So these, these flies basically are used in genetics because they reproduce so damn fast that you can see your genetic manipulations 
That's what AI is doing. It's never sleeping. It's always learning. It's jamming more and more information into its large language models and doing decision making ever higher stakes, ever higher educated level of decision making. Reaching up to it can pass the bar. It can eventually do medical treatment, but right now it basically like strokes out and starts making up stuff um, in both cases, doctors and lawyers. So it has to be vetted right now. But at some point, companies, particularly like Westlaw or Lexus, are gonna, going to tap into, they're going to train their AI only on their data set. So it's much more constrained. It's much more subject matter expert. It doesn't have all of the superfluous noise. Doctors are going to do the same thing but you're going to pay an arm and a leg and there isn't anybody that's, you know, uh, being replaced by automation. That's going to be able to facilitate this. This, this is stuff where unless you are a computer scientist and you focus on law or medicine, you're not going to be part of this cohort of subject matter experts that are defining the feature set of AI based doctoring and lawyering and that's just two fields right there could be others but i think the point is advanced degrees and some degree of thinking involved right right so the author says uh, additionally that um thanks to computers information is now cheap abundant and accessible yes i actually tell everybody that i uh, talk to the world's knowledge, as, as a matter of fact, I sent this sentence off to somebody uh, earlier today. The world's knowledge is at your fingertips. You shouldn't wait to pursue that knowledge. Think critically, perform the due diligence, build the work product, provide it on demand because you have learned it. You are now knowledgeable. So the author of this article, actually the person who, uh, is part of this article, um, Otter, uh, puts it that's handed more decision-making power to elite experts or the minority of American adults who hold college or graduate degrees. Um, th this is a weird turn of phrase. It's like in a little vacuum of a statement, right? Is it just me? No, it's odd. Um, computers enabled professionals to spend more time engaging in actual decision-making rather than just acquiring information. At the same time, these personal machines have also led to the automation of administrative support, clerical and blue collar production jobs. As a result, 60% of Americans without a bachelor's degree have been shifted to non-expert low paid service jobs. Some of that due to automation, which has contributed to widening economic inequality. Yes and no. I'd really like to know how they came about this. There's a technology gap, but that technology gap is actually being crossed by organizations, typically uh, community colleges, libraries that will loan you a laptop or a Chromebook or a computer in, in some form. And everybody has a cell phone, which is a computer to access all of this knowledge. Um, 
So I don't know about shifting. Really, the reason why there's in probably the biggest factor in this is that it's too damn expensive to get a bachelor's degree. The previous generation, the, the people that are getting bachelor's and, and further degrees are coming from families that have uh, earned enough in the previous generation to facilitate somebody entering college and getting a bachelor's degree or they're going to community colleges and getting a two-year degree then transferring over after they've been working for a year or two so in There's essence some interesting stats online where basically the educational level has been slowly increasing since around 1940 right um, and that's all because of college being made available. And then uh, somewhere around 2008, I think it was, um, access to college loans um, basically became like they were just handing out water cups. Anybody could get FAFSA supplied cash and get a college degree. Only now because the market is really, well, we're always without enough people. Uh, in every industry really educated um now they're turning to just get a uh, industry certifications and application of those skills and go and work in the workforce you know like mechanics and plumbers and whatnot um which is absolutely financially enriching let me tell you uh, but it's backbreaking work and you have to have a, a robust mindset to do this to do that kind of work anyway, right and you probably can't do it for decades because of that yeah i mean some people can but what it, the great filter is your body failing so <laughs> um it's hard to get into the tiny little places if you're not taking care of yourself and and, and you're doing that kind of backbreaking work constantly but you know those people are taking our jobs you know that's what a lot of people Oh, the AI just sent me error messages. I guess I said something wrong. Anyway. Um, Actually, no. The people saying that said something wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, so they say new jobs such as telephone operators, typists, and bookkeepers, which require literacy and numer numeracy skills. Come on. Um, were formed. At the same time, a growing share of the workforce had a high school diploma, but expert judgment wasn't needed. Rather, workers were required to follow rules and exercise little discretion, which made the work perhaps uniquely vulnerable to technological displacement in the era that followed Ardor writes. This is all post-1815, so getting in the Wayback Machine. But the rise of personal computers adopted by businesses in the 1970s altered the dynamic. The computer could cheaply, reliably, and uh, rapidly execute on rules or routine tasks that's automation um, and then it says enter elite experts or those who hold four-year degrees except nowadays getting a computer science degree can be acquired a two-year computer science degree can be acquired while you're in high school and and go look at your local community college go look at your local university and you will see a very large cohort of high school age students either taking college classes in high school or wholly going to the college or university. Um, so no, I don't buy into 
that anybody is going to be able to do this. So what happened to the workers in the telephone operator and typist jobs? They shifted into service occupations, placing downward pressure on already low, low wages. But that's not really how it is nowadays, as far as I understand it. So they say the AI's ability to combine rules with acquired experience to support one-off high-stakes decisions, the technology's primary role will be to advise, coach, and alert decision makers. Yes, but that's going to uh, traverse every level of employment role. Um, because I've seen AI used in marketing. I've used, I've seen and used AI in marketing, in, uh, retail establishment, um, in strategic management for businesses, um, in cybersecurity, journalism, <laughs> journalism, lawyering, um, uh, medicine, um, the original, like publicly approachable, um, Artificial intelligence was named Watson. It was on Jeopardy and everybody was hyping it up. It did nuclear um, physics calculations and medicine, determining if medications had any contraindications that weren't known by humans because there's so much data out there. And it, it go, AI writes marketing material. It, it generates art. It writes books and music. Um, you're out of your mind if you think that all this is going to do is drive people up the chain. No, it's going to take hits. On, on, it's going to take shots on people all across the strata of jobs. Okay, that's really funny. Just staring off into space. Sorry. Um, for those who don't know, I actually get to have a visualizer type of thing with the AI. Um, but only I can interpret it, so it doesn't get displayed. Only the voice visualizer up there. Anyway, so I'm just kind of staring off into space while I rant. Um, is a another member of <laughs> hometown. Anyway, um, so ultimately they say uh, yes, jobs will be automated, but that's perhaps not the real problem. Um. At the same time, so the onward march of technology has been automating industries for years. They talk about that. At the same time, plenty of jobs have been created by technology in that same time. But that's not what's happening. It's simply because society has been expanding. It isn't because of machinery automation. Correct. It's society is developing new stuff. Um, right, like vegan chefs are not around because of technology. <laughs> They're there because of shifting dietary preferences. Right, right, and education. People determining that it's better to be uh, vegan and that there's enough uh, people in the vegan space to be a vegan chef. Financial influencers are nothing has nothing to do with AI. Technically, it has to do with. Uh, the development of knowledge about what a financial instrument might be and then driving that bus so that people purchase that instrument, which really is kind of creepy, you know? Um, anyway, so I don't know. They say at the very end of this article, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of this that you can follow the link through hometown to get to. 
In the age of AI, Arter, or Otter, uh, concludes the challenge for the U.S. and other industrialized nations will not to uh, will not be a shortfall of work, but rather a shortfall of workers, in part due to an aging population. So it doesn't even address really the AI aspect of it, but it isn't a yeah, shortfall. Yeah, I mean, that's of, a completely unrelated issue. Yeah, and it's not even a shortfall of workers. The, the, the shortfall of workers already exists. The problem is educated workers, not even in light of automation, because there isn't a job out there that's sitting there going, hey, we need you educated because of automation. No, they say we, we need you educated because they don't want a dumbass workforce. That's it. They want job ready straight out of school, and that's not even possible. That's the first uh, question in every interview. Are you a dumbass? <laughs> That's true. You know what? You, you joke, but the SF-86 asks you, are you going to overthrow the government? <laughs> People sign that all day long, and then look what they do. Let's keep going. Seriously, we're halfway into the show and an hour into the show. All because of this one soapbox. So, oops. So I'll be fast. Uh, the next article is over in hometown daily Duncan tracksuits inspired by the chain Super Bowl ad or superb owl or uh, super bowel, super bowel, super bowel, which nobody ever wants. Man. Uh, anyway, with Ben Affleck sold out wicked fast, you have to say wicked fast. Um, Duncan released tracksuits inspired by its superb owl ad. The merch sold out in under 20 minutes. The Dunn Kings ad featuring Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh, Tom Brady, and several other celebs. The jackets and pants and the brand's signature bright pink and orange each cost 60 bucks. Well, so people will know that if they got one of those when they see that coming down the street. Sarah Jackson over at Business Insider put the article together. That's how that works, by the way. When you click on the visit the source, it just pops up another um window and um yeah bright pink it, they don't have a picture of the stuff that's dumb i hope it's down here somewhere yeah no pictures maybe uh when you follow the link it'll show it uh, but i'm kind of air gapped but you can always go to shopduncan.com um and go from there okay i'm gonna move on to the next article this next article is in hometown daily a gen z are set out to make hundred dollars a day for 100 days through side hustles and here are the gigs and passive income streams they recommend uh, jackie mitchell made nearly eleven thousand dollars outside of her job in 100 days according to a TikTok video and her goal for these 100 days was to make uh, money to help with an eventual uh, down payment she talked to Business Insider uh, about side hustle options and uh, making e uh, earning goals. This is, I've actually looked at this a little bit. I don't know, man. So Madison Hoff over at Business Insider put the article together. Oh, before I do that, let me throw this into the chat real quick. There you go. Yeah. Um, so eleven thousand dollars in a hundred days uh the gigs that they did and i won't go through all of this um 
they basically made a video and you can click on it if you follow the link through hometown or just do a search for business insider or passive income probably pulls it up um and so they set an earnings goal and then they went out trying to find stuff um i have a particular cynical kind of jaded perspective of things um and when i say it out loud i get kind of vilified so i'm gonna filter that um maybe i can say it no 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 ai please don't no because i don't want anybody uh getting bent out of shape but anyway they say completing surveys or being a steady participant could bring in some money uh, it says for animal lovers, pet sitting may be a good side hustle. Others may be more interested in doing surveys from for some extra scratch. If you're making money doing that, uh, prolific a site where you can research, you can be a research participant or do surveys could be an option. The pay ratio to what you need to get started. Um, I I just don't I, I don't know. I'll have this to look. This is not at this. what I really envisioned from the article. Yeah, six dollars and a minimum pay is six pounds an hour, though there could be instances of underpaying that prolific tries to flag and it recommends people get at least nine. But I, I, I they made at least six hundred and fifty pounds filling out like basically opinion stuff. Never in a million years. How is that actually? No, I, I'll have to go and look and see this myself because I just don't buy into that. Uh, but okay. I mean, the cost of acquisition of that data is extremely high for no guarantee that it's valid. Right. right? Cause people would just be putting in gibberish. I, in one place where I was a consultant, uh, I was acquiring customers for three bucks and I was guaranteed three bucks per customer. When we started the enterprise, it was 20 to $25 and bounced and churned every three months. There's no way that nine bucks for filling out some whatever random opinion thing, survey is gonna be nine to, or six to $9. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have all of my facts wrong with this type of site. Um, so focus groups are another good option, but they said that they made $11,000 in a hundred days, which is not a chump change kind of a thing. I mean, that's minimum wage at the end of the day here in the States, $36,000, um, roughly. Right. Um, so brand deals or partnerships and user generated content and good luck. Um, you might be able to go viral, but not everybody has the same marketing ability. And right. if you're starting with no followers or whatever, you're not going to be getting a, a sponsorship. Right. And, and again, the creativity program, it says Mitchell's done the creativity program beta, which said could be fun. I feel like this didn't start in a vacuum. So TikTok posts, right? Mitchell has made over $10,000 in rewards from participating in this TikTok program. She said a lot of that came after the 100 day challenge. <laughs> Shit. So it was the 100 day challenge that actually led to a following that led to getting $10,000 post. So is the $11,000 actually from the 100 day challenge? 
Maybe. I mean, if she posted at the beginning of the 100-day challenge, and we don't know. The only number Normally, that they provided. Normally, Business Insider usually does verify the data. Right. Like, they'll often put a note in there. So I do like that about their articles. It's not just somebody claiming they actually made that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get it. The only time that they say anything about money is that the $10,000 in rewards from participating in the tick. Uh, TikTok program came after the 100 day challenge and the only money that they mention in the article being earned directly from the 100 day challenge was 650 pounds. <laughs> right, and then the only other money was really through the surveys and focus groups. Well, that's it. That's what I was talking about. They don't actually say anything about the money for the surveys and stuff. That only that one site, prolific 650 pounds the rest is that i'm scrolling back and forth through this folks and i don't see any other amount of money so it says this passive income method might not be available side hustle for all tiktok requires participating accounts to be us based beyond location and age requirements of being 18 people need 10,000 or more followers at least 100,000 video uh, views in the last 30 days so there had to have been a following this wasn't done in a freaking vacuum Oh, this is the kind of no. stuff when I peel back the layers of the onion, I go, God, this is all bullshit. Just trying to be real to the people out there that are aspiring to do that and or even what I'm trying to do, you know, and I don't sit there and market. I, I don't, you know, pump my channel all over the place. Um, let's keep going. So uh, the next article, is, I'm just trying to talk about news and have a conversation with people about the news and the state of the world and science and technology and society. That's kind of what I do. I um, do it all day long. Um, so this next article is over in Hometown Daily. Obscure toxic pesticide found in four out of five people tested. Scientists have warned that the chemical may affect fertility and fetal development. Um, yeah. This is an article over in Newsweek. Toxicologists reveal popular weed killer may harm teenage brains. Well, luckily mine is an infantile. Oh, so it's safe. Uh, we open up Pandora's box here. Pandora Dewan is the author of this article. The pesticide in question is Chloramaquat. A, an agricultural chemical that has been shown to damage reproductive health and fetal development in animals may cause similar pro problems in humans, particularly children or mares with childlike minds. However, the extent of these health impacts is still poorly understood. So kind of like plastics, we're charging into it, not knowing what the hell we're doing and then look at what we get. So it's primarily used on grain crops like oats, wheat, and barley. So beer might be impacted by this. Who knows? Um, and lead author on the study told Newsweek in the U.S. only imported varietals of these crops are allowed to have uh, chloramaquat residues. Oh, poor kid. Want to smack it out of their hand like a bad bat. In recent steps, sorry, there's a picture of a little child that's eating porridge oatmeal. oats. Yeah. Um, what's the difference between oatmeal and porridge oats? Is one just I a little moister? Know. I think so. One is gooier. Um, 
So, uh, Porridge is made with a variety of whole grain cereal or legumes, and oatmeal is made with oats. Oh, so, so wait, that's porridge oats. So, but this one must be identical because of the source. Damn it. Um, this picture, it's just a Getty image, but the caption under it is imported oats and other cereals may contain residues of the pesticide chlormaquat, which is potentially harmful to human health, particularly in children. But this picture has nothing to do with this. Uh, <laughs> this poor kid is going to be the face of chlormaquat poisoning. Uh, the, stu the recent study published in uh, the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology, Temkin and her EWG colleagues investigated the prevalence of this chemical, which the EWG has described as toxic in oat-based food products, as well as its presence of human urine. And it found that four out of five um, humans had it. Um, testing of oat-based products found chlormaquat in 92% of non-organic samples and only low levels in one of eight organic foods. So that's interesting. So buying organic actually makes a fundamental difference here. Which is fascinating because one problem with organic foods is that they're not very regulated and you can slap an organic label all over it and yet it could still have problems. That's fascinating. But maybe not in this area. Yeah. EWG also tested nine wheat-based products and found uh, only found chlormaquatin 2 at low levels. Uh, to test the prevalence for this compound in humans, the team took urine samples from 96 individuals between 2017 and 2023, tested them for the presence, and found 80% of them were exposed to chlormaquat. And that samples collected in 2023 had more detections and at a higher concentration. So it actually stood in the people um, over that period of time, 2017 to 2023. Wow, 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 wow. Um, again, there's always more at the, at the article um, if you want to drill deeper into this or get an uh, even fuller picture. Um, but we always just kind of tease you into doing a little bit more due diligence and coming back and talking with us about it. I mean, I don't know what you're subs you're supposed to subsist on air. You have to grow it in your basement under grow lights and uh, controlled conditions so that you don't have to spray pesticides to control for predation but you know we can all have a wheat field in our basement um so here is a possible forever game for marowat uh this is in the warcrafters channel nightingale's system requirements reveal it offers an upscaler for every gpu but it'll gobble up 70 gigabytes of storage space Really, the only reason why I included this is because I wanted to talk about Nightingale. Um, it's about to drop in five days, and it has this really unique world-building experience where you use cards to open up gates that and allow you to enter a custom world uh, built around your particular needs to acquire resources for your home base. Um, and you can play with up to six or five additional people, I think it is. Maybe more. Dunk on it. Now I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, um, and you get a buddy. Um, you can actually hire, not hire, you befriend somebody and they'll follow you around and resurrect you when you die um, and defend and fight with you. 
Um, so potential contender Nightingale is due to release uh, into early access on February 20th, and given that it's looking like a graphically complex experience thanks to its use of Unreal Engine 5, it seems that you'll have a choice of upscalers to keep the frame rate reasonable while you explore the... It says Fey, but it's uh, it's uh, fairy universe, so Fey lands, Fey world. By the way, um, it is up to six players. Gotcha. Um, and they get to bring their friend. Um, so, like, it's you and your compatriot, and then your five other friends and their compatriots. Um, my understanding is that you can have basically 12 people are all fighting at the same time in some world. It's just amazing. Um, it had a little uncanny valley when I was playing the beta, um, but I loved the very short amount of time I had um, because... This dropped right when Marwat had to leave Ometown, and so I got a sporadic, uh, <laughs> and I was doing a lot of mayoral duties. Any, anyway, um, Andy Edzer is the author over at PCGamer.com, and they say it seems like a graphically, it might be demanding, this new survival game, but luckily the graphics look pretty stunning with it, and yes, they do. Um, it is, it looks like a blast, and um, having uh, done the beta it was um, a lot of fun so according to a post detailing performance expectations from developers in flexion or inflexion games nightingale will offer um, xcss dlss fsr support those are all uh, different rendering options frame generation but it's different cards nvidia um, or um, amd um so with the latter two, including the option for frame generation, which um, should give us a significant performance to boost GPUs that support it. Uh, still, it says still that's a plethora of choices that should make a lot of users happy. And that's before we get to TSR, Unreal Engine 5's platform agnostic temporal upscaler. And that's the upscaler. Basically, um, give you the ability to reach a higher resolution higher performance higher frame rate overall so they have a, a chart here over at pc gamer um, i recommend going over and checking it out i have things zoomed in so you, you might have to scroll or i'll have to scroll but you probably won't if you go to the page but it's going to take up 70 gigs uh, that does not matter you know what uninstall some uh, steam games because I think that you'll enjoy this game. If I can host a world um, of Nightingale, a server for Nightingale, I'm not sure if that is even needed uh, because of the way that the cards work. You basically build a world and then people can join you or you can join them. Um, but if I can host, um, I think that this really does have the potential to be my forever game. It really depends on what people say is the overall uh, duration of its existence. Like, if it takes only 50 hours to complete the game, this isn't a forever game because the world building just isn't, there isn't a significant amount. But uh, games like Minecraft and um, uh, Enshrouded and others that are like that, that, where you can basically play forever as long as you don't go out there and finish the entirety of the game and then have nothing really to keep you around, um, 
that's what I'm looking for as a forever game, kind of like Minecraft, but with higher resolution and better gaming mechanics. I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but I have been looking for my forever game for, you know, uh, two decades now. Um, but things keep getting better and then the game dies. Um, and, uh, or there's something, something like Starfield. Starfield was going to be my forever game, but it completely wet the bed. Um, and that's after I really embraced it. <laughs> like I spent right, a lot You of had very high expectations for it. Yeah. So now I'm a little bit more resistant, you know, I'm like, okay, Nightingale, you're going to have to show me what you're worth. I got into that beta because, um, I think, uh, when I, uh, applied, I said, I'm looking for my forever game and they gave me a chance and I liked what I saw. Um, but I'm afraid to hype up Nightingale too much. I like, I feel like I'm a cooler. And so, um, you, you just don't know you're, Somebody's going to go, Marowat liked it, so of course it's going to just shit the bed. Anyway, let's go on to the last article for tonight. We're running really long. Uh, Bose Ultra Open Earbuds. It's a review. It says daringly different from CNET. Um, and I think the daringly different, I don't know what all is in this because uh, I don't normally read um, CNET reviews. New normally we talk about the news, but not a review. So these things actually clip onto your ear. <coughs> it says with, a, in a, with an innovative... Okay, so first off, it's over at CNET.com. It's written by David Carney. Um, and the uh, article's deck statement says, with an innovative clip-on design that doesn't block your ears, these earbuds may be just what some people are looking for, even if they are expensive. Pardon me one second. Okay, wait a second. Does everybody then hear what you're listening to? Um, well, they're like IEMs. They actually point into your ear, but they clip onto your ear um, instead of having like ear loops. That's my impression. Um, they might be open backed, which means that yes, at a certain volume, people around you or in a quiet room will be able to hear you. Um, but see how they, they grab onto your earlobe. Basically they hook onto you down here underneath, not around your ear. Um, and it's kind of like, um, you know, those clip on earrings where you, you just squeeze them together and it holds on to your earlobe. That's kind right. of how this works, except that it's grabbing onto your ear on the back around and it's putting the speaker in your ear. Um, Oh, they even describe it as the buds look like little, a little like earrings. That's kind of interesting. That actually is pretty damn innovative, but it's 300 bucks, but they're bows. So the reproduction is probably going to be pretty spectacular. And that's what you want. You want really good speakers or headphones. These are true wireless, so they have no wires connecting them. Each one has their own individual battery. Normally the way that it works is one device is the master and the other one um, connects to that master and controls the signal. They uh, reach parity, so they sync up so that there isn't an offsetting sound. There's no lag from one to the other. 
one acts as the, the primary and connects to your device. So there's no wires connecting them. This actually seems brilliant. And I wonder if they're low profile enough that you can wear these without like, um, if you want to sleep on a plane and you don't want big headphones, you don't want to be too disconnected. You want to lay on your side. Um, these might actually be the thing to do. Uh, right. This seems like a vast improvement from other ones. Yeah. So it really comes down to um, if one of the cons is battery and they don't mention battery in the cons or in the pros. So let's see. They're 300 bucks. It says they're overpriced, but otherwise there's a lot to like about them, including a surprisingly comfortable, secure fit and a very good sound quality for open buds. So yeah, the sport open buds means that it's not sealed. Um, and so people around you will be able to hear. Um, yeah. And they mentioned that it's ear hook style, true wireless buds, but not ear hook as in over your ear. They actually grab onto your, um, the, the, the little, whatchamacallit. I said it earlier. Damn it. Earlobe. Thank you, AI, for providing that at, at a crucial time when <laughs> my programming went blank. Good God. <laughs> uh, I was being held hostage and my AI needed to say earlobe. <laughs> well, if the AI could have come up with earlobe, the AI would have said that. <laughs> Uh, so it says, how's the sound quality when it comes to sound? These are about as good as you can get for open earbuds, which typically don't have the bass response of noise isolating earbuds like the quiet comfort ultra earbuds. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Um, plus the way that these are firing is they're firing from a flat cylinder pointing into your ear, but it's actually pointing at the side of your ear, not into the ear canal based on what I saw, um, which seems wonky. Uh, I wish I had them, uh, but they say immersive audio mode and battery life. So around 4.5 hours with immersive audio on, which basically widens the sound stage um, and 7.5 hours at moderate volume levels um, is what it's rated for. So kind of poo um, for what they are. I think it's great. This is a work this is a, a shift, a work shift, right? So you can have these in all night long. If you're fall asleep and you have them in, you could get that ambient noise going to cancel out what might be going on around you. Um, it has a charging case for another 19 hours, 19.5 hours. But when they're in that, they can't be in you. Sorry, let me rephrase that. You can't listen to them while they're charging. Um, but I use Austrian audio, um, headphones, and those are USB-C powered as well as wireless. So I can listen and charge at the same time. Um, and they're very robust and their battery lasts forever. It seems like I, I can leave it unplugged for like three days, um, and, um, sleep with them on. So, and, but they're, and they're cheaper than that. So. But again, if you want something small, you know, compact, uh, 
portable, transportable, something that isn't going to sit there and draw a bunch of attention, then you can buy these for 300 bucks, put them on, give it a try. Not, not, not a bad deal, I'd say. It is a unique design. Do you yeah, think, think this is going to set the tone for other headphones? No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I, I think people... I think people want um, on-ear or over-ear, right? So on-ear is like sitting on your ear and not hanging... The, the cup isn't encompassing, engulfing your ear. Um, but people want really good immersive sound and open in-ear monitors just don't get that bass frequency response they don't actually talk about what the response is uh, but a typical human hears from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz um, i actually gave sound tests to people um, today to see and um, it's fascinating trying to explain that kind of stuff to people if they've never interacted with um, audio except for just listening um, it's it's pretty cool to see people go oh now i understand um but then they become audiophiles and they start making decisions on their purchases based on their newfound understanding of what makes uh, audio work um so this is just neat it might be secure i don't know how well it does <clears throat> the weird thing about this is that this sits inside and those who are listening to the podcast um it looks kind of like et um like you know how his head is kind of uh wide and flat but rounded on top that part is what sticks in your ear and then there's this little blob cylinder that goes behind your ear and that's what clips onto your your earlobe goes down in there and that goes in your ear. Um, I, not everybody's anatomy is built the same way. So this thing might stick out like a VW bug with the doors left open. You know, <laughs> if you have a narrow head and a, and a short earlobe, it may kind of blink. Uh, I just don't know. And there's a picture of, I, I think the author of this article is that David Carnoy? Yes. So that is David Carnoy. And you can see he's actually at a, like a 45 degree angle, sort of maybe 30. Um, and you can see it's kind of pulling his earlobe out. So anyway, um, there are others. I would probably try others before I fire off 300 bucks, but don't like buy inexpensive ones and try them. And if they're comfortable and you like them, then maybe go somewhere and see if you can try these on it's going to be weird post pandemic to put in ear monitors in i wouldn't do it um i would spend 300 bucks on these and bite the bullet if and like i'd go no i freaking love these for 300 bucks i'm not going to send them back because that's gross i don't want used in-ear monitors sent to me i've said too much the ai is starting to go do the digital equivalent of uh, uh. that's right okay so they got an eight out of ten but go and read this article um let me now nah, 
at the end of the show. I'm going to throw that into the chat. There you go, folks. Um, it'll be in the show notes. It'll be posted over to YouTube and part of the podcast. This is hometown daily news for February 15th, 2024 season three, episode 46. Thanks for sticking around. We always pile into the party bus and drive back down main street. And I'd like to click hometown. You know what? I'm going to do it anyway. We'll see what happens. Oh, wow. So an ex FBI informant charged with lying about Biden and son. Yeah, that actually broke in an earlier article a little before the show. Is it in their favor? Or did they lie to... To It's in... Basically, the information was made up about... The relationship between Biden, the son, yeah. the companies, and all of that? Uh-huh. So it's all bullshit. Uh-huh. Okay, so what is their f- political alignment? Did, did they... Did they disclose what the uh, FBI? I don't know if it did. I only saw a little bit of one article on it. Yeah, the informant's probably trying to save their own butt and just saying whatever the in, the investigator wanted to hear. So that's one of the problems with informants and and uh, they manipulate you into saying something, and then then anything you say from that point on is going to be just destroyed in the courtroom. Because they're going to go, well, did you lie now or did you lie before? Which one is the truth? And then the courtroom is going to sit there and go, we don't trust anything you say and punt that case out. So anyway, there you go in a nutshell. I'm not an attorney, though. I'm not even if I was, I'm not your attorney. So go talk to an attorney and ask them if what I said is wrong and then come back and talk to me and the AI tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. We might actually do it 7 p.m. And if so, the only way you'll know is if you become a follower here on Twitch. And then after you become a follower here on Twitch, go over to YouTube, follow us there, download the podcast, go to hometown.com, become a citizen of hometown. You can't go wrong. It's all the news, none of the noise. Well, all of the noise is really marijuana. <laughs> All right. Are we done? You good? We outie? I think we are done. We're outie. No, we're done. All right. You want to say bye? Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. Unless an asteroid hits us. Come on, asteroid.